Welcome to ProctorCast, where we bring you plain English interviews all about the most relevant procurement topics of the day in short, coffee break-sized episodes. Because hey, time's precious and you have got value to deliver. So now let's get straight into this week's show. Yes, welcome to another edition of ProctorCast. I'm your host, James Mead, bringing you your bi-weekly procurement chili sauce for your doner kebab. Yes, we're that light-hearted look at the procurement world, bringing you every couple of weeks content with another great guest to talk about different aspects of our profession. And on this week's show, we're going to be looking at a specific procurement skill that is very, very adaptable and useful and that can be implemented in the wider world. And my guest today is actually somebody that does just that. I'm talking today to Philip Brown, who is the inventor of the negotiation cards, which is essentially a training deck of cards that teaches non-procurement practitioners the joys of negotiation. So I think we're going to have a great discussion today all around how this specific skill, particularly applicable and practiced by procurement professionals, can be used in the wider world. So Phil, very warm welcome to ProctorCast and welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Good, good. So first of all, Phil, we've chatted a little bit on LinkedIn in the past and had a few conversations. And one of the things that I became aware of is that you're actually one of the very few people out there who actually planned to have a career in procurement rather than just falling into it from doing, I don't know, a finance or a supply chain role or, or applying for a graduate scheme after, after university. So uh, tell us a little bit how that came about. It's kind of a bit of an odd story, actually, because um, you've got to go back to the 1970s. Right, and the reason why we go back to the 1970s is my, my father used to be a purchasing manager for a number of companies, and then he set a company up in the 1970s called Purchasing Management Services, based up in York. Um, uh, and he's one of the very first ones to actually go into this field of training procurement skills. Um, and he did negotiations, legal aspects, stock control, so he did all of this. But when he was uh, when he first started off in the 1970s, he started doing the negotiation courses. And um, he was so busy, I mean, he was so, so busy that he would have 30, 40 people in a course and he'd need somebody to do the video recordings, right? Remember, like, video, uh, video cameras at those times are, like, the size of a shoebox. <laughs> um, I mean, I was about nine years of age and I had to go in and I had to start recording these people negotiating. And uh, that's actually where I got my my interest, my, my kind of love for procurement and negotiations. Um, I would going in, little lad, watching these people, having a negotiation, enjoying themselves and having some challenges. And I kind of thought, well, you know, this, this is something I'd like to do. So he stuck with me for years. And, um, uh, and the other thing is that obviously, you know, my, it was my dad's business. So I thought, you know, that's something I can maybe take over in the, in the future as well. Yeah, no, I was just going to say this was obviously before there was any industry body as well, like SIPs, wasn't there? I mean, this was in the 1970s. He, he really must have been a pioneer. Yeah, SIPs, SIPs was there. And in fact, I think what he'd done, he originally did like um, uh, he did like a, a one night exercise where he, he kind of went out and said, look, is anybody interested? And they came in. It's a bit like what we do on Zoom. 
you know, are you interested? You did a taster. Yeah. Uh, and there were so many people that were, in, you know, interested in it that he ended up giving up his day job and he was a purchasing manager at Porter Cabin. He gave that up and set himself up with his own business and started to deliver these. So you obviously had a successful buying career and then decided ultimately to leave the corporate world. So was the negotiation cards your first business? And what was it that triggered you to to sort of come up with this concept? <laughs> no, it wasn't my first business, but it came out very, very closely afterwards. Um, a few years back, I... Uh, well, actually, one of the ideas I had was to take over my father's business. But he said to me, he said, look, Phil, you need to go into the industries and you need to learn, you know, uh, and, and pick up all the stuff people do. So that's why I went into procurement first. And then 20 um, odd years later, uh, I moved away. So the business was not an option. I wasn't going to take it over. But I'd actually moved to a business that at the end of the day was not what I expected. And uh, I mean, it was like a situation. I ended up coming out of that business after two months. It was one of those mistakes. It's oh, one of those that you know on pretty much your first day that it was a bad move. I, I knew in 30 minutes it was a mistake. <laughs> um, in fact, I remember coming back and telling my wife, I said, look, I think I've really made a mistake here. Um, so let's just see how it goes. Anyway, long story short, about two months into it, that was it, out of there. And um, uh, so normally I'd find myself like with three months notice period, you know, but this time I had not necessarily time on my hands. So I looked back at the history and I thought, well, I like what my dad did. I enjoyed negotiations. Um, uh, and I decided that I actually wanted to combine and deliver something that was around negotiation. And interesting enough, it was to do with um, some time I'd spent at a public speaking club as well. So I'd spent four years at a public speaking club. I love the format of meeting people who are not specialised in any way, but we just met and we just support and we just try this out. And I thought, I'd take, well, I'll take that concept, I'll take that idea, I'll fix it in with the negotiation stuff that I kind of know, and I wanted to create these negotiation clubs. So that's where the negotiation clubs came from. But I don't know whether you've been to a public speaking or a Toastmasters, but... I have been to a Toastmasters taster event, actually, yeah. Well, what they do have is they, I don't know whether it's the same with the Toastmasters, but they have this, what they call a topic session, where basically you have to, you get told of a topic, you have two minutes to give a presentation or give a speech on it, yeah? And I thought, if I'm going to do a club on negotiations, you need to be able to start a negotiation very, very quickly. And, and the problem was, is every training I'd been on, if you had a role-play negotiation exercise, you all often had like pieces of A4 you'd have to read through. Yeah. You know, the scene. So that would take, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes. Then you'd have a 15-minute negotiation. And it was very, very difficult. I, I couldn't do that in a club. So I decided to distill it down. And, and ultimately, that's where the negotiation cards came from. It was a very, the idea was something that was really simple, really quick, and provided people the opportunity to negotiate. And I guess the thing as well is that, obviously, you alluded to the fact that negotiation training typically has one or two sheets of, of paper to read through in terms of preparation. But that's for procurement practitioners or for lawyers or for people that have to arbitrate or negotiate. But if this is being taken out into the real world, you can obviously gamify and simplify it a lot, lot more. And that that kind of leads me on to the next question. We, with what you're doing with the cards and with the clubs, you you put quite a heavy focus on university students is is there any reason why you focus, focused on that specific target group? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say we focus on that target group. But what I would say is that a lot of students have been coming to us 
asking for support and asking for assistance. Ah, okay. Again, particularly with the lockdown, you know, it's like, you know, a lot of students suddenly found themselves at home, not at universities. And those ones that are very proactive and had an interest were coming and saying, look, you know, could, could we do some of this negotiation practice that we have? So they would be coming to us. And originally I thought these are going to be business students. They weren't. They were nearly all law students because uh, the law students were already practicing things like muting and other negotiation elements. So they came to us for that. So that has just rocketed. Yeah. And then on top of that, we then started to get a number of university lecturers saying, look, you know, we want to we want to improve the negotiation section or the sales section for our students. But what we're doing is we end up writing these case studies. We're not 100 percent sure what's going on, but that's what we're doing. And that was a tr- struggle for them. So the long and short of it is we now got students and universities coming to us saying, look, can you help us? The cards are great. We want to use them. How do we do that? So we do a lot of that. But the other side of it is that we've got, you know, global pharmaceutical companies, financial institutes, you know, defense companies who are also coming to us from the procurement side saying, actually, we would like our people to practice these skills. To be honest, it has been phenomenal when you are sitting down and I'm sitting down with procurement professionals and we are practicing our negotiation skills together. And many of them turn around and just say, look, you know, this is great. I've learned so much in 90 minutes that I, you know, I forgot uh, 90 minutes after I'd uh, finished a training course you know, five years ago, because that's basically what happens. I think that's, yeah, and I think that's a very valid point because, well, I mean, SIPs in their training make you do the ethics module each year to make sure that you're that you're on the ball. And likewise, in my corporate job, I had to take the, the code of conduct test every year to make sure that it was still uh, fresh in your mind. I mean, I think the other question I would ask to that is, do you feel that any other professional groups other, other than students and, and lawyers, obviously, that we mentioned would uh, would, would benefit from this? Because uh, it, it is quite a wide net that you could potentially cast, isn't it, in terms of how negotiation is a is an integral or essential skill in a lot of professions? Yeah, um, it kind of comes down to two elements. Uh, the first element is people who are interested in improving their negotiation skills. Now, the very first word you said, and I wrote it here down when we were doing the introductions, was the joy of negotiations. All right. Now, you would never put negotiation and the word joy together because, you know, most people actually cringe when they think about negotiating. <laughs> but joy is definitely not the first thing that comes to mind. But interestingly enough, again, using the cards, using a very, um, a very social um, setting like we do, people love practicing their negotiation skills, you know, when they do it like this. There's no pressure. Yeah. You know, when they make a mistake. Yeah, we can highlight it. We can talk about it. But guess what? You have another card. You have another go. It is quite literally that quick. You know, you know, you and I can have a negotiation and we can say, well, you know what, James, you know, there's a couple of things that you did really, real well. Phil, you could do this differently. Say, right. OK. All right. Here's your next card. All right. Another four minutes. You have another go and you see if you can improve on it. You know, and that's that's where I think it's not just procurement people it's not just salespeople. it's not just the law students literally anybody and everybody who's come on these uh, sessions that i've been delivering i've been walking away saying i love it i love the whole idea i in fact i do a, a questionnaire at the end and i say well what's stopping you and there's two things that come back one is i don't know where to go and practice and the second one is i don't know who to practice with i'm like well okay well start a club and i've got everything <laughs> at a club 
you know yeah. and if you start well, you'll find people will come to it as well it's like what what every business coach says listen listen to your clients feedback and take heed of that and and you'll have a successful business i mean did, you alluded to public speaking a little bit earlier phil and mentioned toastmasters and i've obviously got a little bit of experience of going to a couple of toastmasters taster sessions it is what you're doing with the negotiation club does it have some parallels to what toastmasters is doing in terms of being a a public speaking franchise oh absolutely (laughs) absolutely um uh, the story of where this came from is i had mentioned i'd been to a public speaking club now in procurement as you well know you'll get suppliers coming in they'll do a presentation or they'll do a pitch and I remember many, many years ago, probably about eight or nine years ago, this supplier came in to give a pitch and it was, it was horrendous. <laughs> I, felt, I felt genuinely sorry for them, you know, and I was cringing. But I, I also had a bit of an epiphany at that moment. I realized, you know what, nobody's going to tell them. Nobody, nobody's going to tell you that your presentation, the way you presented it, what you said didn't work. Nobody's going to turn around and say that to you. And I thought, you know what, Phil, if you want to be in senior management, you, you need to be aware that nobody's going to tell you when you really drop it in a, you know, in a presentation. Um, and I decided, well, where am I going to practice? You know, where, where, do I, where do I do this? And I had a look, and you could go on a course for a day or two days, but it's exactly the same thing. You go on a course, and then two weeks later, you've forgotten it because you're not doing it regularly. Yeah. I found a local speakers club, and it was part of the ASC, so not the Toastmasters, but it's like the British version, the Association of Speakers Clubs. And I joined them. And... I ended up with them for four years. You know, that's how impressed I was with the whole structure of that. And it's exactly the same when it comes to negotiation. Negotiation is a personal skill. It's a combination of skills. You know, it's that active listening, that, you know, uh, the questioning techniques, the observation techniques. That's what makes up negotiations. And how many people have been in negotiations, sat opposite somebody and says, you really do not know how to negotiate. But guess what? I'm not going to tell you. You know, and it's exactly the same situation. Um, uh, so these people go out ignorant. And uh, that's, that's part of the reason why I decided to do this. It, it wasn't necessarily purely out of any benefit for myself, other than the fact that I get a chance to practice my negotiation skills as well. And I get to do it a lot, which is great. <laughs> um, but the reality is, is that, you know, training companies, uh, the books and the videos, absolutely, you've got you've to go on them. You've got to read them. You've got to watch them. But it's no good just putting that book on the bookshelf, you know, leaving that video in your video library, you know, and leaving those notes that you went on a training course in your desk. You've got to keep trying them and practicing them. So that's where the clubs came into it because there isn't anywhere for it. So that's why I decided to do something about it. No, you're absolutely right. It's like any skill, isn't it? That it takes a certain degree of practice until you get to mastery. And and trust me, the first podcast interview that I did was bloody awful. So it's 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 the same for everything. Uh, but you're right that when you go on training courses, the material that you get just gets put in a folder or stuck on your C drive. And unless you actively make a habit and form a habit of of doing something like that every day or every week, it, it generally does just get left by the wayside and uh, and, and stuck somewhere. Um, I think my final question then, Phil, you've got a lot of different directions that you could take this in and lots of potentially different parties or or ways that you could grow this as a business. So in terms of profession or industry sex or demographics, is there any specific group that, you, that you're going to sort of niche down and focus on uh, over the next sort of 12 months or over the coming sort of next phase in growing your business? 
how do I do that? How do I answer that one? I think the answer is, is no. There is no specific group or specific niche. Negotiation skills crosses all boundaries and it crosses all languages. You know, with the negotiation cards that we've got, these things, you know, they've been translated into Italian. I've got a friend who's doing it into Spanish. I've got another one who wants to do it into uh, Romanian, I think it is. You know, uh, that skill is needed by anybody and everybody. Um, so the interest in practicing is just out there. I mean, James, you're very fortunate. You came on that taster session that we had. But we had on there, we had uh, people from different parts of the world. We had students. We had professional trainers on there. We had entrepreneurs. You know, we had a mix. And yet every one of you participated. Uh, and dare I say it came away enjoying it, that joy of negotiation. Um, so I don't think there is any particular niche out there. If if you're going to be negotiating, then the question I have for you is, how are you going to practice that before you go into it? It's, I, I, yeah. do want, I do want one example. Most people talk about the tactics that you use. All right? One obvious tactic, silence. People talk about the word, you know, silence in a negotiation. Really, really powerful. Brilliant. Okay. Are you going to practice that in the first negotiation time? The opportunity to get? Yeah, because that... That that is a disaster waiting to happen. Would it not be better to practice it at a club, find out how it works, when it works, when it doesn't work? And then be able to apply that in real life. Absolutely. So before we close out, Phil, if anyone would like to try a taster session or would perhaps like to get in touch with you to learn more, where's the best place that they can find you and 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 uh, and learn a bit more about the negotiation cards and the negotiation clubs? Well, hopefully, maybe you'll just add some details into the into these these elements here. But basically, uh, the website that we have is www.thenegotiationclubs.com. Uh, but also, I tend to do a lot on LinkedIn. So by all means, just get in touch with me, Philip Brown, and you'll see me as the inventor of the cards. Um, interesting enough, I don't post much under my own personal profile on LinkedIn what I do under the negotiation club company profile. Okay. And then what we have is we actually have quite a community of people who are starting to add information and posts. So if you want to find out what other people are doing and how the TNC works, get yourself over there and you'll see Sergio in Italy. He set up the Italian club. In fact, he's just finished his season. He's just had a competition with the Italians. Um, we had a club meeting last night. We had a chap by the name of Scott Tinema, who's a, you know, a phenomenal negotiator who learned it through the uh the american uh, in america as a hostage negotiator you know so there's loads of information you get from either linkedin or our webpage and for anyone that's listening or watching this i will link to all of those uh, places that phil mentioned uh, in the show notes or, or in the about notes on youtube phil it's been an absolute pleasure to learn more about this i love what you're doing and i really hope that this grows because you and me both think that this is an essential skill that is very very versatile that can be spread to the wider business community so good luck and all the very best with your project and thanks for coming on the show absolutely james thank you mate all the best Great chatting to Phil about negotiation on this week's episode. As you can see, he's very, very passionate about what he does. And in your organisation, if you have people with non-procurement backgrounds who have to negotiate, I would strongly recommend doing a taster session with these cards to see really just how you can practice and improve your negotiation skills in a safe, non-stressful, non-combative environment.
Finally, don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button in your favorite podcast player so as we can come into your earballs every two weeks with new procurement content. Thank you for listening and chat to you again soon. <laughs>